Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today, we are starting a brand new sermon series called Run It Back. And in this series, we're going to be looking at some of the messages in the series from our first 100 weeks as a church that today is actually week 99 of our church. So we're going to look back at the first 99 weeks of our church, and we're going to run some of those messages back. We're going to teach them all over again. And today, we are going all the way back to week five of our church, to our very first series as a church that was called I Was Made for More. And this series was built on this simple thought that really we've built our entire church on since day one. And that's that the best life that you and I can ever live right now is following Jesus. And the theme verse for this series was John 10.10 from the message paraphrase where Jesus says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life. And I love this, where Jesus says, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And in this series, we actually preached through our vision as a church. And our vision is simply this, is to see every single person go on a spiritual journey where they experience four things, where they know God, where they find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And by the way, that is our vision for you. That's our vision for every single person in this room right now. That's our vision for every single person that's watching and your family and your coworkers and your neighbors and all 2.1 million people in the greater Cincinnati area. That is our vision for you. And that's our vision for you because we believe that's also God's vision for you. And we believe that this, that that life where you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference is the more and better life that Jesus talks about in John 10, 10. That it's the best life that we can live. So today, if you're taking notes, we're going to write down this declaration. This is what we're going to be talking about today. I was made to make a difference. That I was made to make a difference. That you were made to make a difference. And so let me start just by asking this question. Um, Now, if you could ask God one question, and you know, and it was guaranteed that God would actually answer that question, what question would you ask? Think about that just for a moment. You don't have to put that in the chat, but like just right now, just think about that question. Think about that question. If you could ask God one question, you know that you would get the answer. What would you ask? I imagine that most of you would probably ask like super deep theological meaning of life type questions. But I personally probably wouldn't do that. I would ask questions like, um, like why acne? Like, could you please explain that? Like, why in the world would you do that? Why acne? Why humidity? Um, like, like, why is certain foods taste so good but are so bad for you? Like, I would love to know if Adam and Eve had a belly button. Uh, like, just seriously, those are some questions that I think about sometimes. But if you could ask God one question, and you know that you would get the answer, what would you ask? 
There's actually a recent survey that was done of Americans that were asked that very question. And out of all the things that somebody could said, here's the number one answer. Why am I here? That was the number one question that was asked. If I could ask God anything, I would just ask, why am I here? And I'm here to tell you today with a lot of passion and enthusiasm that the Bible is not silent on this question. That God has a plan for your life. That you are breathing for a reason. That you're here for a reason. I like to put it this way, that you were created on purpose for purpose. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, this is God. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I'm just here to tell you and remind you that God has a plan for your life. He does. God has a plan for your life. Galatians 1.15, talking about that plan, he says, But even before I was born, before I took a breath, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. In other words, that before you even had a pulse, you had a purpose. And then Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, For we are God's handiwork. Another, another translation says masterpiece. I love that. That you are God's handiwork, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus, get this, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And the truth is that when you discover and you step into the purpose that God uniquely designed you to and you start to make a difference in the lives of other people, you will experience more. And here's what you got to get. You will experience more fulfillment than you could ever imagine. And psychologists, not just pastors, psychologists have a term for this called transcendence. And in 1943, Psychologist Abraham Maslow, he came up with what is known as the five stages of human needs that he called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And they're going to put that on the screen right now. And these are the things that not only motivate us, but the higher we go on that pyramid, the more that we are actually fulfilled. And if you look all the way at the top, it's something that he called self-actualization, Which all that means is that you are achieving your full potential. In other words, it's all about you. And after a lot of research, psychologists, not pastors, psychologists learned that there was more to life than us just being the best versions of us. That there was more to life than just making life all about me. And so 30 years later they actually released Maslow's new hierarchy of needs. And they're going to put that on the screen as well. And it's the same exact thing. If you look, every single one is the same, except they added at the very top a brand new layer that's no, that, that they describe as self-transcendence, which literally means giving yourself to something beyond yourself. In other words... That true fulfillment is found when your life is not all about you. 
That real, lasting fulfillment isn't found in finally getting the dream job or building that house that you always wanted in that exact neighborhood or going on the right vacations or your football team finally winning the Super Bowl or at least a playoff game. Like, it's, it's not, and all, by the way, all those things are great. All those things are great. But real, lasting fulfillment is found when you live your life for other people. And that's why, that's why I believe with all my heart biblically and scientifically that the ultimate purpose of my life, of your life, is to make a difference. By the way, that's the big idea of today. So you have to write that down because we're going to keep coming back to that over and over and over again. The ultimate purpose of my life, of your life, is to make a difference. Let me show you an example in God's word in John chapter 4. Uh, Starting in verse 3, it says, So he, meaning Jesus, so Jesus, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, he sat wearily beside the well about, and we got to make sure we note the time, about noontime. So it was noon when this happened. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a a drink. Now, in that specific culture, this would have raised like some eyebrows of like, why was she there? Because in that culture, women would normally go early in the morning when it wasn't so hot, when when the weather was a lot cooler, they would go. But she was there in the middle of the day, in the hottest part of the day, drawing water. And we will soon learn in just a few moments that this woman, that she had a very scandalous past. And she was living in a small town where everybody knew her business. And most likely, most scholars believe that she was a social outcast. And so she would only go at noon to avoid the other women, the looks, the stares, the comments. And so we pick this back up in verse 8. And it says, Jesus, he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus is always the ultimate bridge builder. And it says this in, in, in verse 10 where it's, Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, You would ask me, and I would give you living water. And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. It's a beautiful story. And I think this story, it highlights two very important truths about fulfillment. And so let me give those to you real quick. Number one, is that before Jesus can fulfill us, we must first acknowledge our failed attempts to fulfill ourselves. I think that's very important, that before Jesus can fulfill us, we must first acknowledge our failed attempts to fulfill ourselves. And Jesus, he says, I am the living water, and if you drink that, you'll never be thirsty again. And listen to her response in verse 15, where she says, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water 
And I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get any more water. I don't have to, I'll, I'll avoid the stairs. I won't have to ever experience that again. And so Jesus says, go and get your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. But Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. And I love her response right here. She goes, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Um, I don't know how you read that. But when I read that, like... Jesus might first come across, like at first glance, as insensitive, intrusive, inappropriate, and borderline rude when he starts just calling out all her relational baggage. But he wasn't saying that to hurt her or belittle her in any way. He was trying to help her. See, like a good surgeon, Jesus, he only cuts us to heal us. So when Jesus said, go and get your husband, he's saying, You know, here's the truth. You are trying to find fulfillment in all these relationships. And you and I both know that that's just not working, that you were made for more. So here's my question to you. What about you? If you were at the well that day talking to Jesus, what what would he have asked you to go get? In other words, what would be the thing that you're trying so desperately right now to find fulfillment in that he would want to talk to you about. Maybe it's relationships just like this woman. Maybe it's friendships or family or spouse or kids or a significant other. Maybe it's your career and climbing the corporate ladder or getting the promotion or maybe it's just money and possessions or a beefy 401k or having the right car, the right house in the right neighborhood. Maybe it's popularity and fame and followers. Whatever it is, you and I both know that it's not working. It's not fulfilling you. That you were made for more. And by the way, full disclosure, you need to know the warning sticker on this message is that we believe that true, lasting fulfillment comes only through Jesus. And in this conversation in John chapter 4, Jesus reminds this woman that he's so much more than just a good man. That he's so much more than just a good teacher or a good leader. He says in verse 25, it says, he says, I am the Messiah. I'm the son of God. I'm the savior. And here's what I find so interesting when you study this text. At this point of this woman's life, she had already been with six men. Five that she was married to and one that she was living together with. Now the number six, it represents the number of man. But then, right here in John chapter 4, Jesus becomes the seventh man. And throughout the Bible, the number seven is the number of fulfillment. So in this, Jesus is saying that he's the true and better man that she's really been searching for. The only man that can truly satisfy her soul. In other words, that in her life and in our life and every single person's life, true, lasting fulfillment comes only through Jesus. So if you want to experience true, lasting fulfillment, it starts with making the decision 
to follow Jesus. And just so you know, you will have that, and that opportunity at the very end of this message. So, you know, what do we figure out about fulfillment here? We, we learn that before Jesus can fulfill us, we must first acknowledge our failed attempts to fulfill ourselves. And then number two, we find fulfillment when we make a difference in the lives of other people. That we will. It's a promise. We find fulfillment when we make a difference in the lives of other people. And so after she has this life-changing experience with Jesus, look at her response in verse 28. where This is what it says. The Bible says that the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. And so let me just paint this picture. She goes back to the same town with the same people, but she's completely different. She goes back completely different. And then she invites every single person to come and see Jesus. She didn't have all the right theology. She probably couldn't answer any question that she had. But all that she did was say, come and see. And here's the thing. They did. They did. It says, look at the result in verse 39. It says, many Samaritans, many, many, a bunch of them from the village believed in Jesus because of the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And they said to the woman, now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. See, this woman, once a social outcast, made a massive difference. So I'm just telling you, no matter what your past is, no matter what you did last night, God designed you in a way to make a difference. God can use you to make a difference. And I believe right there in that moment, when she saw all those people make a decision to believe in Jesus, right there in that moment, she experienced more fulfillment than she had ever experienced before. Because she experienced our big idea for today. And the thing that we're talking about, that the ultimate purpose of my life is to make a difference. Now, this week while I was preparing um, and I was praying, I felt I heard God so clearly um, in, in, in a way almost uh, th- that I haven't in a while. And this is what I felt like God said to tell our church. I felt like he said, tell them that their purpose isn't canceled. Tell them that their purpose isn't canceled. That in this season where so much has been canceled, where jobs and businesses and working in offices, and restaurants, and haircuts, and sports, and even meeting in person at church. But look at me in the eyes. Your purpose has not been canceled. You can still make a difference right here, right now, in this season. And I believe that some of you may have been stuck in this spiritual an emotional rut and in this funk where deep down you've believed a lie that during this pandemic that your purpose has been canceled along with all these other things and you stopped making a difference. And if that's you, if you find yourself in that spot, and what I would guess 
is that during that, whenever that happens, it's so easy for us to become incredibly self-focused, to only start to think about ourselves and our situation and our problems and how everything has affected us instead of thinking and focusing and helping others and, and thinking all about it. And I promise you, if you've done that, it has left you feeling empty and hopeless and maybe apathetic and incredibly unfulfilled. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to say, come on, let's go. It's time to get back to your purpose. It's time to start making a difference again in the lives of other people. Maybe you never have or maybe you have before. I'm telling you, now is the time to make a difference in the lives of other people. And maybe you're sitting there saying, Pastor Brian, how in the world right now with everything that's happening in the world, how can I make a difference? I'm so thankful that you asked. Let me give you three practical ways before we wrap up and we'll just fly through these of how you can make a difference right now. Write down this, number one, acts of kindness. Acts of kindness. Just surprise people with random act of kindness. Just do unexpected, nice things. You can do that for your family and your roommates and your neighbors and your coworkers or complete strangers or people that are in your contact list in your phone. I mean, just look for ways to serve people, to bless people, to encourage people. Like look for ways to be generous. Look for ways to be just a breath of fresh air wherever you go. And maybe here's like a practical goal that I just wanna challenge you. Put this in your life this week, practical goal, do one act of kindness every single day. Just find one. And just to help, we put a bunch on our, uh, we, we put a bunch of ideas. By the way, they're all coronavirus friendly ideas. And we put all those ideas on our website, the homepage. You can go there right now. And at the very top of our homepage, there's a, there's a link that you can click that has all types. And you can go to queencitypeople.com and you can find that list. And we just have a bunch of ideas. If you're like, I don't know what to do. Okay, we got you. We have ideas. So how can you make a difference? Like just have acts of kindness, just acts of kindness. Here's number two, invite people to church. Invite, let me, let me put in parentheses at home. Yeah. Invite people to church at home. Yeah. You need to know this about our church. Maybe, you, maybe you're new to our church or maybe you've been around, but you need this reminder. We are a reaching church. Yeah. We are an inviting church, even during a pandemic. And we unapologetically want to be a growing church. And here's why. Not for numbers, not to have a big church, but we want to make a big difference because heaven and hell are realities. They're real places. And because of that, we have to be a growing church. We have to be a reaching church. We have to be an inviting church. So our radars are always on looking for opportunities to not just share church, but to share Jesus and to share the gospel. And the truth is, here's the truth. It's never been more easy to invite people to church. That all you have to do is like literally send a link. You can text somebody a link, you can tweet a link, you can put something on in your Instagram bio. You, there's so many things that you can do right now to just put church, and you don't even have to do it on Sunday. You can copy that YouTube link and send it to people all week long and say, come join me and hang out with me at church. Because here's one thing that we believe and we've said from day one of our church, there's seven words that could forever change someone's life. Will you come with me to church? And it may look different right now. It may look very different right now. It does, it looks different, but you can still say those seven words. You can. And just think with me, what if 
at the end of this crazy season that your friends and your family that right now are lost and far from God, right now they're lost and they're far from God. What if at the end of this season they experienced Jesus and got saved without ever stepping foot into a church building? And then you know that you played a role in that happening. Telling you, you want to find fulfillment? Church is so much better when it's not all about you. So how can you make a difference? You, you You can invite people to church. Or number three, last one, serve on the dream team. You can serve on the dream team. And that's just like Queen City Church code for people that serve in our church. And by the way, anybody can serve on our dream team. You can be on our dream team. In fact, we'd be better with you on our dream team. And like how you get on that dream team is by attending what we call Growth Track. And it's really the simplest and easiest way to get connected to our church. And our Growth Track team has worked really hard to offer Growth Track Online. In fact, over the next two Sundays, starting next Sunday, we are offering online growth track all over again. And if you've never done it, now is the perfect time because you can literally attend growth track in your PJs. Like you can do it, it's right after church. And I just challenge you to give us two Sundays. That's it, just give us two Sundays, go through the growth track, and you can sign up right now at our website, queencitypeople.com slash growtrack. And you'll find information, but you can also sign up and say, hey, I want to be a part of growtrack. And I just want to make sure that this is clear. Serving on our dream team is not just a Sunday thing whenever we're having in-person services. Like our dream team, this entire time, since day one of this coronavirus has not been on the sidelines We've had our outreach team responding to tangible needs all throughout the city. We've had small group leaders that have been leading digital small groups on Zoom and, and all these other kind of ways to just see people over the internet. We've, we've had a grow track team that's been visioning and pioneering and leading people to next steps in our church through online grow track. Our kids team has been producing kids church every single week. That we've had, we've had an incredible worship in our production teams that have been creating unbelievable church at home um, experiences to keep us close to God. They've done that for the last 21 weeks. And we've had so many people that have been so faithful in their generosity, helping all these things happen. And I just want to take just a moment to look into the camera, to look at every single person that's in this room right now, to the people that are running the, all the technology and the cameras and people that are editing after we get done with this and people that lead worship and all the people that are working so hard serving and loving our city and just to our dream team, I honor you. I honor you. Thank you. You are making a difference. And I hope that as you are, even today, you are more inspired that you know that you are making a massive difference right now. And um, I just honor you. Listen, you don't need a church service to make a difference. You don't. And um, because here's why. Serving is not just something we do. Serving is who we are. In fact, one of our values as a church, what makes us uniquely us, our DNA, one of our values is that serving is our calling. 
It's not just what we do, it's who we are. And so, listen, God did not design you to sit on, a, on the sidelines even during a pandemic. So get in game, live out your purpose, and start to make a difference. And if you do, here's what I believe. You may go to bed with the same amount of problems, but they won't seem as big. Because you'll have something in your life that's bigger than your problems. In fact, I think that is the way to fix your problems. How many of you got some problems right now? I know we all do. Let me tell you how to fix your problems. Is that you have something bigger than your problems to get your focus and your attention. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 58, and I'll close with this. Isaiah 58, verse seven and eight, it says, share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. In other words, make a difference in other people's lives. And then listen to this next verse. Here's the result of making a difference in other people's lives. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. That your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. So write this down as we close. Making a difference doesn't only change others. Making a difference changes me. Making a difference doesn't only change others. Making a difference changes me. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And We do this every week, but I just want to ask you right there, wherever you're at, whether you're watching by yourself, whether you're at a watch party, whether you're watching later in the day, on wherever you're at, as long as you're not driving, close your eyes and just ask God right now, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking? What does my response need to be to this message? How can I walk this thing out? Maybe for you, God is saying, it's time for you to do the online growth track the next two weeks. Maybe it's to invite somebody to church. As soon as this is over, I'm gonna send the link out to some people that I know need to hear this. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never gone all in. You've never accepted grace and his love and his forgiveness. And like I said earlier, true lasting fulfillment comes only through Jesus. So if right now your relationship with God isn't where it needs to be, we want to give you the opportunity to make the decision to follow Jesus, to give him your life. And so maybe that's for the very first time you've never made that decision, or maybe you have in the past, and today you need to make a fresh commitment. You just need a fresh start. So today, if that's you, and that's the decision you want to make, I want to follow Jesus. Just pray this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. Sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me, change me, and make me brand new? God, today I surrender my whole life to you. And today I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, won't you in the room, can you clap your hands and celebrate with everybody that just made that decision? You need to know that we are so proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer. 
and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.